This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, the 13th of January. In your Squeeze today, planning for more violence in the US, a big dark net bust, Tim Payne's bad week, and it's lamb time. This is your Squeeze today. The first episode back for me for the year. I was a little slow getting started in 2021, Claire. (laughs) But you're back and that's the main thing. I'm sure many will sympathise out there. It's not about me, though. We're over in the US to kick off and Donald Trump yesterday declared a state of emergency for Washington, D.C. That means the government's security agencies are able to jump in and assist with any emergency response that might be required ahead of and during President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration next week. Claire, this comes as there's growing fears of significant unrest. That's what an internal FBI memo that's found its way into journalist hands warns of. Apparently armed protesters are getting organised, not just in Washington DC, but in every capital across the country with a focus on legislative buildings, so like Parliament Houses across that country. Analysts say that violent rallies are again being organised online, Trump supporters and others uh, with various conspiracy theories at the heart of their movements are looking at creating havoc, as you say, ahead of Joe Biden's inauguration and particularly on Inauguration Day, which is Thursday next week, our time. Yeah, as you touched on, the social media platforms really are tied up in this as they look to limit the spread of hateful material and anything that will incite violence. Facebook has cracked down on content that uses the phrase stop the steal. Apparently that's a real indicator of these sorts of groups being organised. Twitter has suspended more than 70,000 accounts associated with that far-right QAnon conspiracy theory group. Also, Amazon has withdrawn web hosting services to Parler, which is a free speech app that's popular with people who have been kicked off Twitter and large groups of Trump supporters. That saw it go offline yesterday. There's reports that there's a big splintering of where Trump supporters and others are going, but certainly it's something that authorities have an eye on. And to round this one out, Donald Trump has spoken overnight. He said he wants to see no violence, but that the speech that he gave last week that incited the riots was totally appropriate and also that moves to impeach him are causing tremendous anger. Back home, cricket is the sport that's been dominating the news headlines. More on that a bit later in the podcast, Claire, because we're going to talk about tennis first. From 5pm tomorrow, charter flights will land in Melbourne carrying around 1,200 tennis players, support staff and officials. They'll then be subject to a specific hotel quarantine program that Victorian Police Minister Lisa Neville has described as the strictest in the world. And that, of course, has taken a lot of negotiation over the last few months to make happen with a lot of players really wondering, uh, like the Indian cricket team has, what that quarantine uh, really means for them because, of course, they need to prepare. And here we go, summer of tennis. Here we go. 
Meanwhile, in New South Wales, Premier Gladys Berejiklian held her ground on the elimination versus suppression debate. She said she continued to be someone who makes decisions based on science. This is the quote, based on the facts and based on the health advice. Whereas WA Premier Mark McGowan said the approach should be that, and this is his quote, if there's virus in the community, you'll kill it. So still at odds there. Reports this morning, Claire, that German authorities have shut down what's being described as probably the largest illegal marketplace on the dark net. The dark net is a whole thing. It's a layer to the internet that's much harder to access and it requires certain software to do so. It also increases anonymity online. What they've found is a operation called Dark Market. It's said to be run by a 34-year-old Australian. Uh, it had things like drugs and forged money, stolen forged credit cards, anonymous mobile phone, SIM cards, malware, about 500,000 users bought things on that market with about 2,400 vendors selling those things. They are really trumpeting that as a big achievement. Apparently, it was pulled off with the support of law enforcement agencies around the world, including Australia's. We've actually had a request for a shortcut on the darknet, Claire. I reckon it's in our future. (laughs) Let's get into that. It's very dark and seedy. And in Malaysia, COVID has met politics, Claire. A nationwide travel ban and a two-week lockdown of Kuala Lumpur and five states has been announced, with the Prime Minister saying the country's healthcare system is at breaking point and action is needed. Others say the move is political. Yeah, when it comes to coronavirus, Malaysia has done pretty well, much like Australia has really in their numbers, but there's really been a big spike in infections in the last few weeks. They're getting about 3,000 plus cases a day at the moment. What they've done is declare that state of emergency to lock things down. What it does, though, is also suspend the parliament until August. And when it comes to Malaysia's politics, Kate, as you and I know, we've talked about a lot in the past. It's very fractious. And the Prime Minister of the day is really struggling to hold on to power. So he's being criticised for using it more as a political tool than as a public health measure. Yeah, it's a bit of an in-joke with long-term squeeze listeners that you have a keen interest in Malaysian politics, Claire. So I'm impressed you've been able to weave it in so early in the year. I love Malaysian politics. (laughs) It was only on Monday when you and Larissa were telling us that Bitcoin was booming, Claire. Have you jinxed it? I think I might have. And I think that's something that the squiz tends to do. You say, wow, look at this. And then all of a sudden it falls over. <laughs> so yeah. that uh, may be happening to Bitcoin. It's had a big correction in the market. It's surged a thousand percent in value since March last year and has particularly had a real run along in the last couple of weeks, hitting the 40,000 US dollars for the first time just on Friday. Since then, it's lost about a quarter of its value and, and Unless they're wondering whether more falls are in store. Yeah, it's a divisive one. The old Bitcoin, many are on board. Others, like the boss of JP Morgan, has called it a fraud and said if any of his traders were found doing so in Bitcoin, he would, quote, fire them in a second. Pretty firm words there. As promised, now a word on the cricket. It hasn't been the best few days for Aussie captain Tim Payne Clare. Over the course of the last test, he was fined for mouthing off at an umpire. He was criticised for his sledging of India's Ravi Ashwin and he dropped three catches. 
was a really bad test for him and yesterday he fronted the media in an unscheduled press conference to put his hand up and say that he got some things wrong. He said that as captain he wants to play the game with a smile and he also wants to do better and when it comes to the team standards and his own expectations he'd fallen short in that test that was played in Sydney. He also addressed the controversy surrounding Steve Smith. He was caught up in some drama with accusations of cheating when during the match he appeared to scuff an opponent's mark. It's a whole cricket thing, Claire, but reports today say he's said to be gutted by the accusations and many have now leapt to his defence, including Tim Payne, saying there's no way it would have been deliberate. Claire, on top of all of that, the third test was a draw, so that means the final test in Brisbane, which starts on Friday, is a must-win for the Aussies. Finally, it's that time of year when the annual lamb ad is released. This year, Claire, it's all about knocking down those state borders. And look, if a lamb cutlet that's been on the barbie that looks enticing (laughs) and juicy can't unite us, then I don't think anything can. And that really is the point of the Australian Lamb Australia Day campaign. It's a really big theme, of course, this year that's ongoing into 2021 and they've really hit the mark. Yeah, it's very topical. It's very entertaining. It's two and a half minutes, the full ad. A link to that is in your episode notes. That's all from us today. Enjoy your Wednesday. It's great to be back on the podcast. Thank you as always for tuning in and we'll chat to you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.